Welcome to the Sufi Reverberations podcast, where each week, God willing, you will be able to hear a poem, a story, a meditation, and a musical interlude that give expression to one Sufi's perspective concerning the mystical dimension of Islam. My name is Anab Whitehouse, and I will be your host. Although I am not a sheikh, nonetheless I did have the opportunity to spend 16 years in the company of a Sufi saint of the 20th century, and by the grace of God was able to gain a few insights into the nature of the Sufi mystical path through that association. So without further delay, let's proceed to the essential contents of this episode. The following selection of flowetry is in memory of the teachings of Ibn al-Arabi. May God be pleased with him. Following the wisdom of the Prophet, he taught that we approach God through knowledge of our soul, that understanding oneself is a prelude to receiving the light of divinity. Existence is really nothing more or less than one form of imagination inside another kind of similar secret, a twin mirroring attributes and names of being. Yet he cautioned those who believe that they know how to reconcile the mystery a worldly plurality with divine unity, for they bounce between shirk and rationality. Do not acquire information through those who merely transmit from mouth to ear, but rather open up your heart and spirit to the only one who can illumine your soul. Theology is a maze that has no exit, a waterless desert filled with illusions. The oasis of love is what you need to seek and that is not found without, but within. Love is infinite, capacity is fixed. Look for the cup that reflects your fitra, for spiritual thirst can only be quenched by a drink that is drafted for you personally. Words have their beauty, and they convey much of interest and use, but one needs to ask about where these words come from. What is their inspiration and source? Dive deep into the ocean. Though the manifest seems quite dynamic, it actually is nothing but static residues of that which is actively imminent within the rippled surface of appearances. The one invented numbers, but then these ciphers began to enumerate and analyze the mathematician who penned their existence, dimensionless points looking for their source. Think we are the explorers who are in search of the hidden treasure, but in truth the treasure created seekers so that the hunters might be captured by that which is sought. The following story is entitled Status Report. One evening, a very influential and wealthy shipping magnate was having dinner with several powerful members of government in a city where the tycoon was visiting. While this businessman dealt with all manner of exported and imported goods throughout the world, the bedrock of his fortune revolved around the transport of crude oil. 
Even though this man was very rich, his financial and social status had not always been so exalted. As a boy, he had been quite poor, but through hard work and some extraordinarily good luck, which his efforts were able to take advantage of, he steadily built up a global shipping empire. Despite his considerable wealth, the shipping wizard, as he was affectionately known in many places, was a very humble, down-to-earth individual. His mother had been a mystic of some note, and consequently the boy had taken an interest in spiritual matters from an early age due to his mother's considerable influence. Among other things, the assembled group of powerful people who were dining with the shipping mogul were discussing the status of the world's economy and the impact which terrorist activities might play in undermining the shipping industry in general and this shipping magnate's operations in particular. There was considerable concern in many economic and political circles about the issue. Because recently there had been an increase of strikes against commercial shipping, both on the open seas as well as when docked, and the government officials at the dinner table were among those whose nerves were beginning to fray under the constant tension of uncertainty surrounding the time, place, and extent of damage in relation to the next set of terrorist attacks. The dinner group was nibbling away at a variety of appetizers, waiting for the next course to be served, when a middle-aged man approached the table in a rather agitated state. The man was one of the tycoon's close aides. The aide hovered at a respectful distance from the spot where the businessman was seated, waiting for an opportunity to catch the eye of his employer. Clearly, the aide was in a controlled state of panic and in great need to be relieved of the burden with which he had come to the table. Finally, one of the other members of the dinner party, who recognized the businessman's associate, touched the arm of the tycoon and motioned in the direction of the aide. The shipping magnate turned, recognized his assistant, noted the man's frantic condition, and waved him to the table. His assistant came to his boss, leaned over and began whispering in his employer's ear, Sir, I am sorry to say there have been massive simultaneous attacks upon your shipping interests by unknown terrorist groups, and the early reports are that the vast majority of your ships have been destroyed, and many others have been damaged extensively, perhaps irreparably. There are additional indications that quite a few of your port facilities in different countries have been rendered largely inoperable through additional attacks. I fear, sir, your shipping empire is listing badly and in danger of sinking altogether. The other people at the table had been watching the shipping wizard during the whispered exchange, and his expression never changed. He listened calmly to the information he was being given, and when the aide had unloaded his terrible cargo, the tycoon was silent for a moment, seeming to gaze at something in the distance, and then he remarked, That is good. Told his assistant to return to his duties, and once again began talking with his dinner companions. Several hours passed, and the dinner engagement was still going on. The group was working its way towards dessert and coffee, and the dishes from the previous course had just been removed from the table. As the waiters were arranging things at the table in preparation for the remainder of the meal, the aide who had visited the tycoon earlier in the evening 
entered the dining area and once more approached his employer. This time, the aide's entire mood was upbeat and excited, as if very happy about something. The tycoon had seen his assistant come into the room and followed his progress to the table. When his aide was relatively close, the shipping magnate moved the fingers of his hand in a beckoning motion to signal for his assistant to come to the table. The aide did as was indicated. He leaned down and whispered in his boss's ear, Sir, wonderful news. The previous reports concerning your empire were in error. It was not your interests, buildings and property which were damaged, but those of the other global shipping empires. Your empire is completely safe and intact. The tycoon listened impassively to what was being said. When his assistant had finished delivering the happy news, the shipping wizard again appeared to stare into some space in the distance and commented, That is good. After which he thanked his aide for keeping him informed of what was going on and then dismissed him with, I'll see you back at the office in an hour or so. A little over fifty minutes later, the shipping magnate came into the office, where he found his aide watching the latest television updates concerning the multiple terrorist attacks which had taken place earlier that day in different parts of the world. As the aide saw the tycoon come in, the assistant began supplying details of all that had transpired, at least as far as, as the aide knew. After completing his summary and answering a few cursory questions from his boss in relation to the day's events, the assistant sought permission to ask something of his own, and the businessman acceded to his aide's request. The aide remarked, You know, one thing puzzles me about tonight. When I told you during my first trip to the dining table that apparently your shipping empire had been ruined, you simply said, That is good. Yet when I came in on the second occasion with the good news, you also said, that is good. If I am not being out of line here or too personal, could you tell me why you responded the same way on both occasions? His boss smiled slightly in relation to the question. He said, well, you aren't being insubordinate and my remarks are neither classified information nor are they too personal. In point of fact, each time that you whispered in my ear and listened to what you were saying, I was concentrating on my inner spiritual condition by carefully checking to see whether or not your news altered my heart's equilibrium. When I saw that your initial report did not upset my spiritual condition, I said, that is good. And when I witnessed that your happier news also did not disturb the condition of my heart, I said, that is good. The title of today's edition of Musical Interlude is Open the Door.
I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Well, I suppose all offers can be refused, so I'll amend my opening statement and simply say, I'm going to make you an offer that I hope you won't refuse. I would like to offer you free, and I do mean free, access to all 40 books that I have written, plus 35 pieces of floetry that were composed over the years, as well as five videos and some podcast recordings covering different topics. This is all contained in the Bridge software that is available through my website, www.anab-whitehouse.com. If you go to my website, click the Bridge software choice on the drop-down menu one option, and then discover how to download the Bridge software for free, no strings attached. My hope is that you will like what you find in the software and, therefore, will be willing to come back and participate in my Patreon campaign to give books to various libraries. But even if you have no interest in supporting the foregoing Patreon campaign, nonetheless, the Bridge software is still yours to have for your personal reading, listening, and viewing experience. From deep within the mysteries of the ancient rainforests along the Amazon River Basin, you are listening to the Sufi Reverberations Podcast. The title of the following meditative essay is God. Our concepts of God get in the way of our relationship with God. Our opinions about God prevent us from coming to know divinity. Human beings have been generating thoughts concerning the nature of God for thousands of years. Many of us suppose our understanding of divinity is more advanced and sophisticated today than was the case with so-called primitive peoples. After all, philosophers have explored all manner of questions concerning the existence and nature of God. Theologians have reflected on these matters. Scientists have commented on these issues. Surely, given that so much time, effort, and consideration has been directed towards developing the idea of God, this idea ought to be more refined now than ever before. Surely, in the light of all the developments in logic, rational methodology, critical thinking, radical theologies, hermeneutics, deconstruction, and postmodern perspectives, we should have, in this day and age, a more superior idea of God than existed in ancient times. According to the Sufi masters, one of the mistakes consistently made by many people, both ancient and modern, is to assume God is accessible through rational thought. People who make this assumption really have no knowledge of what the parameters and limitations of rationality are, nor do they have any knowledge of God. They guess and speculate about both, but they have no knowledge or understanding of either one. The practitioners of the Sufi path indicate one can no more stuff divinity into the container of rationality than one can pour the ocean into a thimble. Moreover, this comparison actually flatters rationality rather excessively.
The mesh of rationality is not sufficiently fine to grasp the subtlety of divinity. The capacity of rationality to penetrate into issues is not even sufficiently deep to penetrate into the origins of reason, let alone encompass the one who has made reason possible. The light of reason only can illuminate that which the quality of its light can render visible. It is a matter of capacity, both of reason as well as that which is to be made visible. The capacity of reason cannot contain the capacity of divinity. Whatever we know of God has come from God and not from reason. The prophets, saints, and spiritual guides did not find their way to God by reasoning their way to divinity. The Sufi masters indicate revelations together with mystical unveilings, states, visions, and stations always have been the primary modalities to which God has disclosed something of the nature of divinity. Reason may come into play after the fact of such experiences, but reason is not the channel through which these experiences enter into human awareness in the first place. Of course, we may use reason to assign significance, value, meaning, and purpose to mystical experience once the latter has occurred. However, here too, the Sufi masters maintain God is the best one to inform us of the character of those experiences. The practitioners of the Sufi path indicate we need to learn how to listen with our hearts to that which is being communicated to us by God through our spirits. When the mind is informed by the prepared and purified heart according to the capacity of the mind to grasp such understanding, then the mind will know as much as it is ever going to know with respect to divinity. The proper etiquette of the mind with respect to engaging those aspects of divinity which are accessible to reason is to be receptive to the counsel of a sincere heart, whether one's own or that of a spiritual guide. When the mind becomes assertive and aggressive in its relationship with divinity, divinity out of embarrassment for the faux pas of rationality lowers veils of indiscretion over the gaze of reason. Sufi masters point out our relationship with God is adversely affected by our rational projections onto mystical experience. This is where much error and distortion is introduced. People begin to confuse their ideas of God with the reality of God. People assume the imaginative machinations of their minds are messages being communicated to the heart by God. This is extremely dangerous territory. Many people have become hopelessly lost in such regions. They waste their lives journeying towards the mirage of their own ignorance eventually dying of spiritual thirst in the desert of the mind. Without the help of an experienced spiritual guide, there is no possibility of escaping from the foregoing predicament. The map, compass, and sextant of reason are useless here unless complemented and corrected by one who knows the secrets of navigation through such regions. The Sufi masters indicate we know God through our relationships with God. The names and attributes of God all give expression to different modalities of relationship with divinity. For example, divine qualities of love, 
compassion, kindness, forgiveness, mercy, creation, majesty, beauty, and so on, are disclosed to us through our relationship with God through these qualities. Just because our senses, mind, heart, and spirit engage these relationships through different modalities of understanding does not alter the fact that each modal engagement of a given quality of God constitutes a relationship with divinity of one sort or another. According to the practitioners of the Sufi path, the ways in which God chooses to relate to us do not permit reason to deduce anything about the nature of divinity which has made such relations possible. God, for instance, has made the relationship of love possible between God and human beings. We can experience this relationship through various modalities of understanding and on different levels and with different degrees of intensity, richness, and so on. However, nothing in this experience permits any valid or defensible inferences about what else God is beyond this. Namely, God is one who makes such relationships possible. The same holds true for all of other relational engagements of divinity. Our knowledge of God is restricted to the relationships which God discloses to us through our experience. Moreover, our knowledge of these relationships is limited by the character of our capacity to grasp different dimensions of these relationships. Just as reason has its limits of capacity to grasp reality, so too, according to the Sufi masters, do our spiritual capacities stop far short of the ability to grasp the infinite fullness of the reality of divine essence. Nonetheless, of all the instruments of knowledge which God has made available to human beings for the purpose of relating to divinity, there is one which is best suited to bearing loving witness as well as knowing servitude to divine beauty and majesty. This capacity resides, so to speak, as a mystery in our spiritual essence. This capacity may not be able to circumscribe or exhaust the reality of God. However, it exceeds the capacity of reason to do so by billions of spiritual light years. The Sufi masters indicate that, God willing, we can deepen our relationship with God and increase our knowledge of the significance and character of this divine relationship. To accomplish this, there are certain dimensions of our being which must be prevented from trying to exceed the mandate of their respective capacities. Among other things, this means we should set aside our reasoning and opinions concerning God. Part of wisdom is knowing what range of capacities we have available to us for relating to God. Yet wisdom also involves knowing what capacities are appropriate to use during different relational engagements with divinity in order to derive the most benefit from those engagements. Reason plays no part in either kind of wisdom. In fact, our reasoning and opinions concerning God are antagonistic to the emergence of such wisdom. You have been listening to the Sufi Reverberations Podcast. I hope you will join me next week for a new episode of this program. May peace be your companion. Music